Hey, what's up, Zebras? It's the Rob Z Radio Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this episode with Mike and Marshall, the Facebook Live version, is up on my Facebook page, ironically. If you go to Facebook, Rob Z Radio, just search Rob Z Radio. You can watch this podcast live. It's all, it, it, there's actually more content on the Facebook Live version. But if you love audio, this is the audio version just for you, my friends, my zebras. So thank you. Uh, Mike and Marshall, thank you to him. He's an incredible guy out of uh, central Pennsylvania. I'm not going to tell his life story in the bio right here. You can hear his whole life story because he breaks it down for you in the podcast. Uh, but if you've been watching my Facebook, if you've been watching my social media, listening to my podcast, you know I'm, I'm trying to start a campaign to help kids in, well, throughout the world. Uh, that's that's a large goal, but on a small goal kind of scale, here right where I live in central Pennsylvania in the Altoona area, uh, if you are not from here, just look it up on Google Maps and you'll see this tiny little town of Altoona and the change I'm making here, and we're going to spread this change as far as it can possibly go by helping kids because there's been a lot of uh, student suicides, there has been... Uh, you know, uh, just a lot of bullying, and I, I, I'm trying to find a better word for bullying uh, because I feel like that word's kind of lost steam throughout the years. Uh, but this is uh, another part of my mission to get the word out to help kids in our area and to help kids anywhere who are looking for some support, looking for some shelter, and looking for a place where there's good, positive attitudes and there's there's good energy. Now, uh, Micah and I met just a couple of weeks ago. He invited me to his church, and if you know me, I'm not necessarily a churchgoer. Uh, I mean, I recently have uh, been dipping my feet in, but he invited me to his church, uh, New Life, which is in uh, in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and I was pretty moved by just the energy of himself, of his crew, and of the students who are there with him, of the kids who are there with him, and just their, their positive attitude and their their positive outlook on life. It was very refreshing, so it was really cool to get him into the studio, and I guarantee you this is not going to be the last time that we talk to Micah Marshall on this podcast, but uh, Pastor Micah, find him online, M-I-C-A-H Marshall, Micah Marshall on Facebook. He's in charge of the Refuge Youth Network, and the Refuge Youth Network is exactly uh, something that is what I've been talking about right here. It's an inspiring group of kids who are really changing their mental state and, and changing other kids through uh, their positivity. And I saw it for myself. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty impressive stuff. So find them on Facebook as well, Refuge Youth Network. You can always leave me a voicemail at 814-799-0064. Say whatever you want. Say whatever you need. My social media, like I said, Facebook and my Instagram is Rob Z Radio. Twitter and Snapchat is Rob Z Yo, and if you leave a rating for this podcast, you are a darling and a sweetheart. So if you could do that, leave a rating for the podcast. If you're on iTunes, Rob Z Radio, three, four, five stars. Find me on Stitcher. Find me on Google Play. You may already be listening to me there right now, so why am I still talking? Let's start this thing. This is Rob Z Radio. Uh, Rob Z Radio, the podcast is underway. We are in the studio right now with Micah Marshall. From Refuge Youth Network, thank you very much for being here today, sir. 
Well, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be with the infamous Rob Z on his podcast, <laughs> and we are so excited to uh, just be able to connect with you today and talk and just uh, share our heart with what's going on in the area. And I'm going to call you the king of Facebook because we were uh, <laughs> messaging yesterday. I prefer the Pope of the people. Oh, but, okay. you know, I, right. can, I can do king of Facebook. That, uh, All right, that works. They can definitely do that. Uh, because I had, I had messaged you, and I when I wanted to tag you, you had two names. You have like two accounts made on Facebook. I'm like, why is there two accounts? And you said, well, it's because I have too many friends. That's it. They keep- <laughs> too, too many people, too many friends. Absolutely. In and out, in and out. The ultimate humble brag. Yeah, I was like, that's yeah, a great hey, humble brag. Hey, you know what? That's it. You can, you know, me and uh, me and Facebook, we're just going to keep going and keep inviting all these friends. And, uh, you know, Zuckerberg and I can just keep rolling on Facebook. Exactly. These yeah. things. I mean, he's not paying you yet. It's kind of unnecessary. It's kind of rude in his, his I situation. I know, man. He needs to give me just like, give me a percent, not even right. like 10%. Just give me 1% of like a year and I'll, I'll be totally good. Breaking Facebook pages. That's too many it. fans on it. Absolutely. Um, but if you want to find him, it's Micah, M-I-C-A-H, yeah. Marshall, on Facebook. You have a fan page made now, so yes. millions of people can follow you. Millions and if they want. it's not going to get shut down. That, that is exactly right. Now, as far as a little bit of a background, anybody listening to this podcast right now who doesn't know uh, what my kind of my mission is with these uh, series of podcasts is you can check my Facebook page, Rob Z Radio. The first video posted has myself and my wife talking about uh, the mission we want to kind of start to to help build self confidence in kids, help so help with self esteem, and I want to help kids, you know, find their voice. And I think a lot of young teenagers are doing this now on Facebook or on YouTube. People, they're like 16, 17 years old, and they have millions of followers and millions of views in their videos, and they're and a lot of them are very positive. Like the stuff they talk about is yeah. very inspirational, and I want to help every kid find that voice even if you don't market yourself and, and you don't have your videos posted online just to keep a video vlog mm-hmm. uh just to because the more you talk the more you talk about your feelings the more you talk about your life the easier it is to talk about those things not only on a camera but in front of people mm-hmm. and just in general to the public it it, it makes your uh anxiety less you're not as afraid to speak your mind and you can also speak up when you think something is right or something is wrong yeah you and I uh, got linked up from Sarah at the Clay Cup. Yep. Shout out to the Clay Cup. Absolutely. She's actually going to be in here next week. We're going to. I'm doing a podcast with Sarah, her as well. Sarah and Jeremy Vilgo are awesome. And she was so nice, and she referred you to me and me to you. So I reached. You contacted me. Yep. And uh, we sat at the Clay Cup, talked for three hours, and I realized like we've got to just get this on audio. I've yes. got to get this recorded because you're really spreading a great message throughout the area. Well, thank you. You've been doing an awesome job. And I've only known about it for a couple of weeks now, but from what I've seen and what you know, you've you've told me, it's amazing. So I'm gonna stop rambling and let you tell your story. So if anybody doesn't know Micah Marshall's story here in Central Pennsylvania, how did it come to be, and where are you at right now? Yeah, well, um, a little bit of my background. Um, I was raised in Pittsburgh, and uh, my parents are pastors. And at one time, my dad was actually my principal, my pastor. And my dad. So it was, oh, wow. it was just, yeah, it was crazy. Like you got in trouble on a Wednesday, like at school, you were just in trouble at church Wednesday night at home in between. It was just, it was terrible. <laughs> oh, but, I can't uh, imagine. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But um, I was really blessed to be uh, raised by parents that really cared for me and loved me and uh, had a great family growing up. But uh, when I was a teenager, I really wanted to go on my own journey to discover really what this whole life was about, what God was about. And uh, I wanted to do it on my terms. And so I uh, kind of went my own way, did my own thing, hung out with my own friends and uh, knew what I was doing 
uh, was not what I should be doing, but I continued to do it anyways until I really just discovered that um, my life does have purpose and uh, ended up going to uh, one Bible college and then another Bible college. And uh, at that second one, there was a man named John Blondo who just really uh, saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. And so I went from there, ended up uh, doing an internship in Kentucky where I got thrown into working with students and I fell in love with it. And uh, the youth group grew and it was very successful. And at that time, I was uh, engaged to uh, my beautiful wife, Bethany. And uh, at that point, we decided that we were going to get married. And we moved down to Virginia for a brief time. And uh, then there was a position that opened up for a youth pastor here in Altoona, Pennsylvania at New Life Worship Center um, with Pastor Wayne Schaefer. And so um, he had reached out. He, His dad and my dad were actually pastors on staff together at a church in Pittsburgh. Oh, oh cool. So there was a connection there that yeah. was already uh, set up. And so uh, he had reached out to my dad, asked if I was interested in a position of a youth pastor. And I definitely was um, because I was getting sick and tired of sitting in a basement doing nothing all day. And so we came up to visit and uh, we met an amazing group of volunteers, um, Kate and George Moyer, who, you know, the Moyers mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, the McGowans and uh, Ed Ott. And they were working with a group of students and um, they just needed uh, more. They needed more to happen. And so uh, long story short, we ended up getting hired as the youth pastors. We moved up here and that was six years ago. And, uh, and then we have just seen a tremendous growth with Refuge. And uh, Refuge is really a program that is for teens in central Pennsylvania to come to, that they can just be safe and they can be loved on and they can find the love of God there. And so um, we, really, uh, we really are excited to see where we're at now from where we started with, being in one church uh, with a group of kids and now having three campuses across central PA, uh, ministering to about 250 to 300 students a week and uh, just being able to connect with them on a very real level. And uh, just this past January, we actually became a nonprofit organization. And so we are able to do so much more than just be a youth ministry. Now we can actually um, have clubs like girls club, uh, fishing club, hiking and biking. Mm-hmm. And we can go above and beyond just the the regular need of uh, being a youth ministry. And so it's an exciting time. And we're really looking forward to where we're going and what's happening. And uh it's just been a wild adventure working with students the last several years. You said whenever you first came here, it was what was what like sixteen members yeah, or something that, like that. There was there was there was a group that would come on the bus, and uh, it was just incredible to see how they um, they were just so willing to be uh, accept my wife and I when mm-hmm. we got here. And uh, I really attribute a lot of that to the leaders like Kate and George and the McGowans and Ed Ott and all of them, where they were just welcomed us with open arms and said, hey, we trust you with our kids uh, that were there. And, and from there, we just kept growing and growing and growing. And we never we never did big promotional stuff, like I told you. Like, we never did billboards. We never did this, never did that. Kids just started bringing their friends. And before we knew it, we you know we were sitting around 150 teens yeah. that, that the end of that first year we were there. And it was just, it was incredible. Just the word of mouth, the grassroots kind of growth yeah. of it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, everyone knows teens talk, and they love to talk. Yeah. And so uh, it was just them talking to their friends, inviting their friends, saying, hey, come out, hang out, let's be part of this. And, uh, you know, we designed it to be somewhere safe for them to come. And definitely the type of kids that started coming were the ones that needed to be there. And uh, that's what was so awesome about it is that they knew that they were safe at the refuge. Yeah. You say teens love to talk. You're exactly right. That's kind of the basis that I was going off of is – there, there's a lot of, you know, everybody has that thing inside of them. They want to get it out. They want to communicate. They want to be able to be who they are. And uh, in front of your friends, you're able to do that. But as far as like being in front of adults or in front of people you don't know or in front of a camera, in front of a microphone, it's hard to bring that out of yourself unless yeah. you do it on a regular basis. Yeah. And I think that's super important. Like, 
to recognize that that's a very important part of anybody's life, but especially when you're a teenager and you feel like, I know whenever I was a kid, I felt like I didn't have a voice. Yeah. I feel like I was just, you know, I was just a kid. I didn't, it wasn't anything special. And uh, just being in radio was the way I thought maybe I can get my voice out there. I can, you know, kind of teach myself yeah. through through watching others and also through just practicing on a, on a regular basis. So it, it, it works tremendously. And I'm really glad that you have such an amazing group of kids. We just, you invited uh, myself, Nini, and Max. Uh, I don't want to mess the name of where your location in Pinecroft. Yeah, New Life Worship Center. New Life Worship Center, which is beautiful. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the building you guys have, you have to see it to believe it. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe it when I walked inside yeah. because the dome that's outside, it looks like a circus tent yeah, of sorts. That, well, there's a lot of clowns there. so Okay, well, that makes <laughs> sense. That makes yeah. sense, right? <laughs> we walked in. I was like, this is unbelievable. The video screens and the lighting and the music, like the, the drum kit and everything that you had set up, it, it, it's... it's uh, Kind of, it's breathtaking. Was the word I thought of whenever I walked in. I just kind of looked around, like I didn't think this existed here. You would never guess that's what was yeah, inside of there. Yeah. And everybody who was a part of your your youth meeting that night, everybody that I met, everybody that I talked to, was so positive, so nice, so friendly. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people experience this whenever you're meeting people for the first time. A lot of people can be kind of standoffish. Yeah. They can be introverted. They don't. They're not very talkative. Everybody that I met there was introducing themselves to me yeah. and like talking to me and being very just outgoing. And is that something that you guys, obviously you nurture that there, but does that just get brought out naturally from the way you present what you do? Yeah, I would definitely say that. I mean, the I attribute the success of Refuge to the volunteer leaders. Um, they have gone above and beyond what they normally need to. And uh, we just seem to attract people that love kids. And, uh, and they love this, they just have this outgoing personality where they just want to see the betterment of a generation and they want to see them be better than what they are right now. And so what's really neat is to be able to see so many adults from so many different churches, from so some all over the area of Central PA come in and volunteer with us mm -hmm. and be able to help it. And um, I think the kids pick up on that too. And they pick up on uh, just how to treat people, um, how to be respectful. And uh, one thing that we have, have learned is that um, respect is built through a relationship especially with this generation. It's not that just they respect you because you're old anymore. That doesn't work anymore. That's not how it happens. Yeah. Uh, they just don't do that. And so for us, our volunteers, they, they, they just really focus in on building relationship with these kids and, uh, and the respect is just there. And then when we do have visitors and we do have guests that come in, these kids see how we react and how to be respectful. And it just kind of catches on like a wildfire, which is really cool to see. Yeah, and I imagine there's kids who started out there who were probably pretty shy. And oh, yeah. the longer they're there, you you find friends. I mean, my son, who's, I mean, he'll be three next month, but he's usually pretty shy yeah. in those sorts of, like, environments. A lot of people who are taller than him, he's yeah. got to look up to everyone, doesn't know anybody, and he... For the first maybe 15 minutes was kind of shy. And then he by the end of it, he was dancing with your wife yeah. in the parking lot, oh, having yeah. a blast. They were having a big dance party. And just having a great time. And I, I thought there's just there's something about... And when I left there, I said to Nini, I was like, there's something about the energy of this group of people that it's contagious. Yeah. You couldn't go there and not be in a good mood. It'd yeah. be kind of difficult. To... Well, one thing that we've learned is that you have to cultivate um, an, uh, uh, an atmosphere that is comfortable for people. And mm -hmm. if you can make students comfortable, you can make anybody comfortable, especially teenagers. If you can make them comfortable, anyone will be comfortable. Yeah. And uh, we really have a strong emphasis. Um, one of the important things that we want to do is have fun. And we want to enjoy it. And so that's why you saw like all these kids having so much fun there. Um, and, you know, we had 133 students that came out that night and we just had such an amazing time hanging out, having fun and uh, just doing life with these kids. And uh -huh. that's really what it's all about, yeah. especially for us. 
and building those connections. Yes. That, that just keeps growing. Now, you've worked in the school district locally here in uh, central Pennsylvania. Anybody watching or listening to this outside of central Pennsylvania, uh, we're right around the Altoona maybe State College, about two hours from Pittsburgh region, and uh, you've worked with Altoona Area High School. What other schools have you been involved with? Um, over the years, we have been able to do uh, speak for what's called FCA at Bellwood, okay. which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and we've been able to go in there and kind of talk to the athletes and give them inspirational biblical teachings um, for meetings. We have also, uh, we're connected with Tyrone Area High School and the Tyrone Middle School. We have a group of students um, on Sunday nights that are from that area, and uh, we specifically have something special for them every every Sunday night in Tyrone. And uh, we've done things with Holidaysburg in the past as well with students coming from there. And so we really have, uh, we've really focused and hit on all of the major schools that are within our vicinity. Um, and even beyond that, because we've had kids that have come from Bald Eagle. We've had kids that have come from Port Matilda area. And uh, we've actually had groups of students who've come down from the state college area as well. I'd be interested, anybody who's listening or watching, if you're outside of the area, is there something like this? I'm sure there is something like this in every area. We should all get connected. Yes. Like you should get connected with those other groups. So if there's anybody listening, watching, who, who is in a, a part of one of those groups or knows how to get in contact with them, uh, share it on my page somehow. Just contact me in any way that you can on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and let me know so we could maybe make some sort of oh, connection. Yeah. Um, but what have you seen? So you've been here six, going on seven years? Yes. What have you seen as far as in the schools with students? What's the... Because a lot of this, what we're sitting here right now for is because of the, the bullying, which yeah. I, the, the word bullying seems to be so cliche to me now that it's, it's I feel like it's kind of losing its meaning. It needs some sort of new yeah. uh, like power behind it to become yeah. a, a more powerful message. I can't think of that right now. But uh, the, the bullying, uh, there's been uh, suicides. And what do you see from the kids? What is the... What are the positives? What are the negatives? Yeah. Well, I think the, you know, recently we had this tragedy of these, um, these students who have taken their own lives um, because of the bullying we've had. Um, and we had a few other students who have died just because of other sickness, disease, natural causes. And so of all the years that I've been doing this here, I would say that this past year has been the hardest year that we've had. Um, with the loss of students. And we've had to sit back and evaluate and say, okay, what is going on this year that has not been going on? And I think that when we began to examine those things and see those things, it was that this has always been going on. Mm -hmm. um, the issue with bullying and the issue with all of the stuff that happens is a constant thing that's been going on. And it's just so more prevalent now. Uh, and you and I kind of talked about this in the coffee shop. You can't escape bullying anymore. Um, you used to be able to go home and then nobody could c connect with you, contact you, no one could make fun of you. Uh, no one could do that because you're at home and you're at a safe place. Yeah. Um, but now it's not like that. Now you go home and it, it's almost like it's even worse at home because yeah. of social media. And you can, and people tell their kids to stay off oh, the yeah. phones. But I mean, that's not a that's not a realistic situation. Not not at like, all. I mean, if, a, if an adult can't stay off their phone, yeah, you can't expect a 14 yeah, or 15 yeah, year old to stay off. Their no, phone. and there and there's no way of that. And so with things like social media, there has been um, just this onslaught of bullying that has happened, cyber bullying or whatever you want to call it, that mm -hmm. has happened. And um, so we had to look at this and say, what can we do? Yeah. Um, how, you know, and that was a conversation that we had with our leaders, with other uh, or, uh, organizations and say, what can we do about this bullying problem? Because it is a big problem. Yeah. And, uh, and so now we look at this and we're saying, okay, um, so many people blame, uh, you know, the bully. 
they blame this bully, they blame that bully. And I, and I mentioned before that I think bullying is not a them problem. It's an us problem. Um, and the only people to solve it is all of us. Yeah. We're the only people that can do it. But we look to blame, um, whether it's the bully or the bully's parents or this or that or the school district, the school district. or whatever it might be, we look to blame everybody. And the thing is, is we are the only people that are going to change it, all of us. Mm-hmm. We're all in this together. This isn't these the deaths of these students. It rocked everybody. Yeah, there's not it, one group of people you're targeting to to change them. It's yeah, it's everybody yeah. all around. Full yeah, circle. And, and it is full circle. And so we have to have that understanding before we start anything that we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. That if we don't work together in unity here, we're never going to beat this thing. And and so it has just been a a really interesting. Uh, time to see with these students what's going on. And I I think for the students that are reacting and seeing these things is they're saying, okay, where's the hope? Where is this hope? Where is this uh, meaning? Um, if if kids can, ju- if we can just take our own lives and and do this, do that, isn't that the easiest way to go? Because let's be honest, people are, have this concept that the world is so bad now mm-hmm. that it's just going to get worse. Well, we need to we need to shift that thinking. We need to change that because we have to let them know that their lives have value. We have to let them know that they do matter. That they're going to be history makers and world changers. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be able to get that into their minds to say there is hope. Yeah. Um, and one thing with refuge that we find our hope in is in our relationship with Jesus and in, in in our faith with God saying, okay, you know, I fail on my own, but when I have the strength of the Lord with me, I'm going to be able to do this. And so our strongest emphasis for these students is the spiritual aspect, understanding that God put you on this earth for a reason. You, you can change the world. You have the power to do this because God's behind you in all of this. Mm-hmm. And so we have said, you know what? The only way that this is going to change is if we love God and if we love people. And when you do the first one right, you'll do the second one right. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how we've had to evaluate everything. And the only answering to, to coming against this bullying thing is love. That's it. I mean, I know that sounds like a cliche answer, um, but it's really the truth. It's a, it's a, it's a simple way of putting a big, it's a, a simple way of, wording a big issue yes. or a big set of lifestyle changes or, or ways that you should live your life. Now, whenever you mention, you know, following God is, is the way I, I always imagine like somebody's watching this going, okay, what does that mean? Like, yeah. you know, because that's a hard bridge to cross for some people. So how do you bridge that gap to a kid who comes in to the Refuge Youth Network who uh, you know, might be an atheist, might not believe in God, but then you you were just telling me a story before we started here about a, a kid who came in who was an atheist and now is is a, is a full believer. Life changed. Yeah, absolutely. What What is your stance on that? Because I imagine sometimes you run across kids that you're not getting through to. They like your message, but they find the religious side of it a little far fetched for them to grab a hold of. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we had we had a student who came years ago. Her name is Amber, and she came and she showed up, and she was an atheist. And uh, and when she showed up, she had wanted really nothing to do with God. She just wanted to hang out. Mm-hmm. And like so many students, um, that's what it is. It's just like let's hang out, let's have fun, let's do this, let's do that. And uh, it is like, hey, you know, Micah, that was a good speech. You know, that was a very good speech that you gave, and everything like that. And so for us, it's discovering okay, the only way that I'm going to reach them is by loving them, mm-hmm. is by showing them that they matter so much to me. Mm-hmm. that I'm going to invest into their lives as much as possible. And uh, because we, that's the only way that they're going to know that they have, that their life matters. And so for us, we take a very biblical approach to everything that we do. And so we're able to teach them that through the process of the Bible and through the process of faith, like you can discover that God does have a purpose and a plan for you. And what's interesting is we live in such a supernatural time. 
Yeah. If you look at, if you go on Google or you go on Barnes and Noble, yeah, well, the top, the top 10 bestseller books that are going to be out there right now are going to be books about like magic and supernatural stuff and witches and warlocks. And well, even you mentioned in like Google and yeah. our phones, like we're, we're living in an age of magic. Like yes. the, ma- the phone in your pocket is, if, if you brought that up to somebody 50, 100 years ago, that's magic. Absolutely. So, and so we live in a, these kids have this mindset where they're ready to hear about spiritual things because they're surrounded by it. It is everywhere. And so what we have to do is help them decipher through that and help them find that, Hey, you know what? You do have, you do have matter because God created you and your life does have a purpose because God wants to use you to make this world so much better than what it is. And uh, that has been, you know, the biggest challenge. And we do have kids that come in that have been there for, for years and they're just it's like, you know, uh, I appreciate the, the speech and the God thing, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. But what they see is over a period of years, they see a group of people who are serious about what they say and that love them unconditionally. And I think that's the thing that really gets them yeah. is that makes them begin to think like maybe there is something to what these people are saying about God. Yeah. And I, I was saying to you when we were talking before, you know, I'm not necessarily a very religious person, but I'm very spiritual. Yes. Like I, so I, I, I see the side that you're talking about. When I listen to people like a, a, like a Tony Robbins or somebody who just has a lot, you can tell they have a lot of faith. Whether or not they tie that into the Bible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, just, there's, there's a, a direct tie-in between those, a correlation between those two things, a very strong correlation uh, that when I walked into the Refuge Youth Network and we were we were talking to everybody and everybody was so positive, everybody was so happy. I'm like, these people are all really happy and they're positive because there's a genuine, real faith here. Like there's real power in the positivity of, of, of the power of God, what's coming yes. through you guys. Your message is because you believe. Your message is because you live for that instead of living for yourself, right? Yeah. Is that how you would, yeah. would word it? Well, I, I just, you know, I had this conversation just recently um, with somebody and we were talking about, you know, the power within myself is so limited. Yeah. The power for me to change things and the power for me to do anything really good um, is limited. Mm-hmm. And when I am living for a power that's not of myself and living for God, there's 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 no limitations. I'm beyond the aspect of limitations because it's God. Mm-hmm. And so when I just live for him rather than live for myself and show a generation like, you know, I'm going to be limited in what I can do. I, I'm going to do some great things, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do even better things because I'm connected to God. Mm-hmm. And in teaching them that, they, they look at that and they're like, wow, like that's really what I want to happen. It's interesting that whenever I'm thinking like what my dad, my dad said to me one time, he's like, whenever I'm, whenever I would read the Bible and I would follow the path of what God was telling me, my life would fall into place. And you always hear that from people that that if you just let, and I I never understood it until I got older. When you're young, it's hard to understand. Like, what does that mean? But if you just, you do the right things, you follow the right path and things start to the domino effect. Things start to fall into place and it just seems to work out. And I've noticed myself, the more I'm, the, the kinder I am to people, the more I think about others before myself, yeah. the more I just, I have that approach to my day-to-day life where I understand that I don't have control over everything. Yes. All you can, you can only deal with things. You can't really ha- control how they happen mm-hmm. or why they happen. And that's kind of where faith comes from, right? Where yeah. you just kind of, you have to just believe that even when bad things do happen, there's a reason for all of it and yeah. you can look at it as you cause it or you can look at it as that's just how the way that's the way things work that's the way the universe works that's the way God works yeah and absolutely and the thing is that we have to understand is God has a plan for every single one of us no matter where we're at or what we're doing and you know there's a lot of people that don't believe in God 
but God believes in them. And so mm-hmm. that's what that's where the understanding has to come is that like, you know, there is this God that does have a plan for you. And it's it's we live biblical principles all the time in, in life and don't even know that we're living it. How so? What do you mean? You know, like if I just be nice to this person, like things will be better for me. Well, yeah, doing to others that you would want them to do to you. That's in the Bible, you know, that, that talks about being kind to others. And so we have this aspect of, you know, if I just be better to other people, maybe things will be better for me. Well, yeah, it's biblical. Right. It's biblical that you do these things. And, you know, and we see people that take care of widows and orphans. Well, that's straight from the Bible where they say, take care of the orphans, take care of the widows. And so these are things that we live each and every day um, that we don't even know that we're living sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then when we get into this relationship with God and we study the Bible and we examine these things, we're like, wow, man, that's that's really what's going on is that God has a plan for me and I'm living out that plan and uh, I'm getting connected. And so for us, it's teaching that generation that this, you know, that this is a, um, it's not a about the religion because the religion is going to fail you, but it's about that relationship part of being connected with God. The relationship is what matters, not, you know, and that's really the primary focus of what we're trying to teach them. What do you mean by that? You said the religion is going to fail you because it's run by humans. Absolutely. It's, it's a human built thing uh, yeah. and not, not oh, yeah. the higher power that yeah. is running everything. Yeah. Well, and, that makes a lot of sense to me because like yeah. when something has human involvement, there's a lot of flaws. There's a lot of room for things to go wrong, <laughs> right? Oh, absolutely, man. <laughs> like, I mean, you think about how many have. mistakes, like, usually if I take control of a situation that I'm not adequate to take control of, it gets worse. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's going to be a lot messier because my hands are involved with it. Yeah. And so, but it is, it's just about this relationship. And just as you cultivate relationship with anyone in life by communication and by this, by that, it's the same thing with God. It's just this communication that you have where you're connected um, because the relationship is really what the primary focus is. And so, um, and I think that that's the most important thing for us. Okay, so uh, let's, as far as like how things have changed since you've come to the area, when you came here, the students you worked with, when you went into schools and you talked to kids or whenever you did your service and you, you talked to people in the community, what was it like then to what it's like now from what you've seen? Has there been a change? Has there been a drastic change, positive, negative? What's your view on that? Well, I think that I think that culture has definitely evolved in in a, in a, uh, in, in a great way, but also in a hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, especially like you look at an issue with bullying where it was it was it was prevalent and, and, and it was brought an awareness was brought probably about five to six, seven years ago. It was really brought forth. Um, but even now it's even it's even worse. And so we, there's this progression of things. And what I've seen in the area is um, I have seen students who are looking, as each year goes on, they're looking for something more. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's this desire for something more that exists, whatever that might be. And so I'm going to go on this journey. And the thing that I love about this generation is they are so passionate about what they believe. I have never, I mean, I'm, I'm 30 years old, but in, in the years that I've been alive, I have never seen a generation that is so willing to stand up for whatever cause it might be. This is we live in a generation of causes, whatever the cause might be. They stand up for it. I mean, it can be it can be from the craziest thing to the most serious thing. Our, this generation now is more about causes than they were years ago. I mean, even five years ago, these these students are so voicing their opinion in so many different causes. We just saw this with the last election. Yeah. Um, we've seen it in you know we've seen it locally with certain decisions that have been made. That this generation is more for causes than the previous generations were, and so I've seen this. Um, passion that has arisen inside of a generation um, that is unapologetic, that is very um, fiery and very passionate. Now, the goal is to get that geared in the right way. Yes. Because if it gets geared in the wrong way, it's going to be a mess and it's going to be trouble. And so, um, but I have seen such a great involvement of the students 
wanting to know more about just this thing called life and uh-huh. wanting to uh, really wanting to progress in who they are as people. And um, there's a lot of people that have given up on this generation. There's a lot that can look at it and say, you know, given up. And, you know, it takes, you know, Pastor Jim always says it takes no, no faith, absolutely no faith to be negative. Anybody yeah. can be negative. It takes faith to be positive. Yeah. And so we have to look at it's this so generation. It's so easy to be yeah, negative. Absolutely. It's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's easy. And so we have to really um we have to really say, okay, how can we help this? But I think that what's been cool is to see such a passionate generation rise up, whether whether they're passionate about, you know, um a fad in culture or they're passionate about, you know, a cause or they're passionate about their faith. Um, this is definitely a generation that's more passionate than ever before. You're, we're around the same age. I'll be 34 in a couple of days. But I recall the, the late 90s. It was anger. You yes. recall the late 90s, oh, like yeah. when 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 you know when like Limp Biscuit and Corn were like the the top bands. I think there was uh, yeah. everybody was really angry. Yeah. And I see that as uh, we didn't. We felt like we wanted to make change, but we didn't have a voice, right? Yeah. Like, we couldn't, like, get our voice out there. Yeah. And I imagine that goes back to the 60s. That happened as well with that generation. And it was squashed. Like, yes. they, they tried to, to crush it. Now, and, and any kid out there listening, and I try to, like, any, any uh, teenager that I talk to, I try to uh, impress on them that this is a completely new world that we have just begun in like i'd say around 2005 i'm, yeah. I'm talking social media i'm talking wi-fi internet i'm talking the power of the internet if you like don't it, you might just roll your eyes like oh yeah the internet's been around forever but it's been around for about a second yeah in the speed of world oh, history absolutely. or the universe i mean the impact that you now have we all this right here we have a voice yeah. if this was me and you 10 years ago this none of this would be happening no. there was no podcast there nope. was no you there was no facebook live the, the youtube wasn't big yet um the speed of information was not here yet so uh, you would have to we'd have to be doing this on like public access and nobody more people watch my facebook live than yeah, probably watch pub, a public yeah, access yeah, right. video. do you know what i'm saying so and, and you could do it inside of a church sure but you'd only be reaching the people who came into that church yes. and who, who heard you say what you wanted to say you could do it on a stage on a podium but you could stand in the middle of the street and yell but unless people were there to hear you nobody would hear you so it, it's really a, a very very it's the beginning the start of a completely different world that we're living in and and for kids who like get mad at their parents for not understanding well it'd be hard for somebody who's in their 50s to yeah. understand oh yeah what or even in their i mean i guess 30s 40s like i get it and i my, my parents get it to, to a certain extent but there's certain people who just they they're disconnected from what is happening and how fast things are moving changing and how quickly and easily we are able to connect now and when you don't see that then you think and it looks like this is some sort of crazy lost generation yep. that has all of these emotions and has people are kids are more emotional now than they've ever been I absolutely think. In, in a good and a bad way but that's that, that's good as long as like you were saying you harness that in the right direction if you can harness that positivity which i see a lot but i also see a lot of negativity yep. so you can they, they call it like uh what do they call an echo chamber online yes. where you have a certain belief, you look it up online, you find the people who believe the way you do, and then you just run with it. Yep. That's what some people do. But if you can take a second to uh, maybe a little bit of self-awareness just to understand maybe I'm not right. Yep. Maybe there are people who think a little bit differently than I do. And if you can just take a moment 
to see those their point of view, you might also understand there's a whole different side of the spectrum that believes something totally different than you do. And if you can find the middle ground of being okay with everybody just being okay with what they believe in, being angry at somebody because they don't believe the same thing you do, is just, and this goes throughout history, uh, it's such a short-sighted way of looking at the world. And I think the further we get along with the internet, with the speed of technology and information being shared, that's going to sort of break down. And those those sections can build up by themselves, like in an echo chamber, but they also can be broken down because we can all communicate now at such a, a quick pace that it's going to change the world. And we're at we're such... We're just at the beginning, and I can't wait to see, like my son, he's three, whenever he's 15, what is he going to be like? What What yeah. is their world going to be like? Because hopefully, with the kind of stuff that you do, hopefully it becomes a positive environment and not such a negative environment. And uh, what what is your, I guess, I mean, a question for you could be, what do you see, or how do you see that turning into such a positive place? How do you see that love that you talk about being spread in such a positive manner to where the negative gets kind of blocked out by the the rays of positivity that people can bring? Well, I think for us, what we're doing is we are planting seeds of positivity, spirituality, relationship with God, faith in a generation that in 10, 15, 20 years are going to be leading in in our nation. Mm -hmm. They're going to be leading the world. And so getting that in them as as something that is so deep and that is rooted in them, it will only, uh, you know, we might not see the result of it right away when we're talking to them about being positive and, you know, not doing this or not doing that. We might not see it now, but 10 years from now, that could come out of them. We're like, oh, hey, I remember this or I remember that. And so for us, it's planting those seeds now and we might not see the fruit right away, but it'll definitely show sooner or later. And so for us, it's saying, okay, the way that we're going to do this is by unity. The way that we're going to do this is that we're going to unite together and we're going to have the same concept. Now, listen, you might not you might not be religious. You might not have any um, idea of wanting to be religious whatsoever. Well, do you want to help make this life better for a student? If you want to do that, then we can do this. If you're trying to like not make it better, then that's a different issue. But if if we just want to make life better for the next generation, what is it that we have to do? And so for us, it's planting these seeds of of faith, but it's also teaching them like right from wrong, good worth work ethic, working hard for what you want, and then when you work hard, it does pay off. And so for us, it's all about seeds. It's all about planting this in them, and it might not come up right away, but it's going to come up eventually. And so I think for us, that's what we look at. And what makes this, um, what makes working with students so, uh, I'd say adventurous, I use that term a lot with students, is it's an adventure because you never know what you're getting day to day. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what's coming out of their mouths. You never know what you're going to, you know, the text message or the Snapchat or the Facebook message you're going to get. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But the one thing that is that is going to happen is that they are going to change the world. And if we can help them do that for a better world in the future, that's what we want to do now. And so for us, it's all like future tense, what we're doing now. Yeah. It's a future tense thing of preparing them for what they're going to do in the future. And we see a lot of this. Uh, I just I'm not going to try to get political, but I just see it with like the whole EPA situation. We're not looking into the future. Yeah. We're looking at the present moment and how can we you know, uh, make jobs for the present moment. But when you think about like, we're all in this thing together, we're all riding this boat together. We've got to figure out a way to come together to understand, like if we want to keep it rolling, then you've got to, we've got to 
take ourselves and I, I take that the, the global environment situation down to a, a personal situation. The better you treat yourself, and trust me, and I talk about this, my wife and I just had an argument last night about this because I don't treat myself mentally as well as I could. Yeah. So when you when you're you know when you're negative or I get irritated easily about something, you just project that out onto everybody around you, and it's like you're just you're spraying that out to everybody, whether it's positive energy or negative energy. Yeah. And it's hard whenever you've lived a lot of your life with those with with negative thoughts to transfer them over to positive thoughts. What do you do as far as like on a day-to-day basis talking to kids who come in who are down in the dumps, who are having a rough day, maybe they were bullied, or maybe their home situation isn't great? How do you lift them up out of that and put them into a good mood? Well, I think the first thing that, you know, that we do is we try to get them an environment that's comfortable for them. Um, whether it's Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's or usually foods involved some way or another. Okay. So if there's food involved, that definitely breaks down a barrier. And so we try to get that environment, and then the first thing we just do is we love on them. We just love them. We tell them like, you know, we love you, dude. We're here for you. Like what, you know, and then we begin this process. What's going on? Like what happened today? And we begin to just walk this out with them. I think so much leadership is we believe that, you know, great leaders lead from above people. Mm -hmm. But I really believe that leaders lead the best like where these people are at. So rather than leading from above, lead from among. Mm -hmm. And you can walk this out with them. And so when they know that you're there to walk it out with them and to help them and to be there and that, you know, one of the greatest compliments I think I've ever gotten is that a kid said to me, um, you know, Micah, thank you for just being there. Just being there because a lot of these kids don't have anyone there and they go home and there's nobody home or they go to school and they have no friends or, you know, they go to work and nobody talks to them. And so for us, just being there for them, just to listen and to help and uh, to help them vent the frustrations or gear it in the right way, um, whatever that might be. And so we really try to just love on them as much as possible. And uh, our, again, our volunteers are great at that. They they just are great at loving on them and, and being there for them. It's really hard whenever you don't have a, a positive attitude day to day, unless you get around those people. Like my wife's huge on this. This is how she helps me because she walks around with a positive, sunshiny attitude at all times. Yeah. Myself, not so much. It, it bounces back and forth. So she keeps me on that, that higher tier of just staying positive, staying happy, and uh, moving forward. And like I, I'll go back to whenever I came and I visited everybody the other day. It was like just, everybody here is so positive and the energy is so good. There's no way you could not leave here feeling down in the dumps. You could yeah. show up feeling down in the dumps, but you couldn't walk out of there yeah. unless you went and sat in the corner and didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. Then you might leave, I don't know, but probably even not in that case because you'd go over and see them and get them up off the ground yeah. and help them out. Well, didn't and, and it's doing whatever it takes. It was just interesting. This past uh, Wednesday... Um, we had a open gym game night where we have, you know, basketball and four square and dodgeball, all that stuff. But then also downstairs, we have um, we have board games going on for all the non-athletic kids. And uh, and I love to play sports. I love to be athletic. But I said, you know, tonight I'm just going to hang out downstairs with these kids. And there, there was a group of, uh, of students there, dude. They just were like mean mugging the whole time. They really? were just so grumpy. And so I just, you know... I just went at him. I went at him. I'm like, let's play some Candyland. And they're like, we don't like that stupid. Why do you want to play it? And I annoyed. By the way, my most hated board game of all time. I mean, this <laughs> well, dude, Candyland. I literally annoyed them and I talked smack on them. And I just, I got it to a point where they were like going to play Candyland with me, whether they wanted to or not. And by, <laughs> by, by the time we're halfway through Candyland, like they're talking smack on me for the next board game that we're going to play after Candyland. Right. And it was like, they wanted to go from Candyland to Connect Four. And then they whooped me in Sorry. And then they wanted to go to this and that but like the atmosphere changed just because i engaged them uh-huh. and i engaged them on their level and i engaged them and just said hey you know what i love you and i love playing with you and um 
again, it's just, it's just, that's what they need. They need to have an understanding that, man, we just, we want to love you. That's why we're here. Um, because there are other things we can be doing with our time, but, um, our time is best invested in the next generation. Um, and hopefully they'll do the, they'll be those leaders in the future to do that with another group of students. And then you just have this never ending cycle of people pouring into people and loving on people. Yeah. And just carrying that into school. Absolutely. Man, carrying that attitude into school. Cause I, I don't think there was a day in my life I went into school where I was like, I'm so pumped up to be here right now. No. But I imagine you've got some kids who go in there yeah. with like, because the, the energy you guys send out, they probably walk into school and they're just ready. Yeah. They're, they're not necessarily like they're, I guess maybe some of them are excited. I, I, yeah. I imagine that is a situation, but they just carry a good vibe with them. It's oh, hard, yeah. it's, it's hard for some people to carry, especially, man, and I, I feel, I've, I've heard stories and I don't know personally, I mean, like I've never lived through terrible home situations, um, but I can't imagine how difficult it is to go from an extremely negative home environment and then come out of that with a positive attitude. Yeah. It's got to be incredibly difficult. I mean, once you're 18 and you can maybe separate yourself from the environment, it would take still a little while to get better at that. Yeah. Um, but you came from a good home. I yeah. came from a, a good home. I, you know, it, when you meet these kids and you hear their stories and you see day to day, like how that affects their life, what does that say to you? Like, do you ever approach parents? How do you? How do you handle the parental situation? Yeah, well, there. I mean, over the years that we've been doing this, we have dealt with so many horrific situations that have just been hard, difficult, um, things that just break your heart. And uh, the challenge has been over the years not to get callous to certain things because you've dealt with some serious, serious things with kids, um, threatening to commit suicide and then going down and spending the night in the mental ward with them. Uh, you know, kids getting pregnant and having to deal with that. Kids like losing a parent, having to deal with that. Uh, you know, students who are dying and having to deal with So there's been so much that you have to deal with and you have to walk through with them. And um, it... Our kids that we attract, man, they really do come from a lot of those homes like you were talking about that are just difficult, that are hard, um, and that their parents – I believe that their parents love them, absolutely. I just believe that it's shown such in a wrong way um, you know, because I'm not one to judge and say, hey, you don't love your kids, but I'm also there to see like, hey, I got to pick up some stuff in this kid's life and I got to be there to help them with certain things. Well, not, I don't want to cut you off, but those parents yeah. probably don't love themselves, right? And that so could very well be true. They're not happy. So yeah. how are you going to pass on the happiness to somebody yeah. else, to your kid who sees yeah. you every single day when you're not internally happy? It's it's a difficult thing. Yeah. And, and for us, it's just sharing the love of God with them and saying, listen, like, I know home might not be the best, but um, but at least when you're here, the two hours you're here on a Tuesday or the two hours you're here on a Wednesday or on a Sunday night, the hours that you're here, we're going to love you unconditionally. And we're going to try to get as much into you that's positive that we can. And uh, we've had some great success stories. We have seen students over the years who have, um, who have come from really bad backgrounds and now are like very successful and some are in the military some are in the workforce some are graduating from college even this year and so we have seen some who even just became like you know moms and got married and have great kids and raised their kids great we've seen so many great things mm-hmm. um you know and a lot of times we're seen as a glorified babysitter. Like, oh, this is just somewhere I can send my kids for you know a couple hours where the, they, they get out of my face. It'd be and, the best babysitter yeah. to send them to. Well, I, and 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 for us, we're like, okay, if that's what you want us to be, like, we'll be that. Yeah. We're gonna be whatever we need to be. It's a free babysitter. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be whatever we need to be to this generation because we do. Uh, we run those buses and we pick those students up, and we're saying like, hey, listen, like, you matter enough to us where we're really gonna come out and get you. 
And, uh, and that was really, you know, that was really a strong thing that I inherited that um, from the people that were here previously, like they cared so much about these kids. They went out and got them and like, let's keep doing this. Let's, let's do it more. Let's go to places that nobody else is going and get these kids so that they can just be positive. And so, um, you know, over the years, I have actually not dealt with very many parents. Um, and usually when I have, it's because, you know, um, I have to go pick up a kid from the police station Oh wow! and I have to be a, a character witness in a courtroom or mm. I, um, I have to do this or do that. And, uh, you know, it, it's sad that it's been that way, but we're going to be there for them through thick and thin. Like yeah. we're going to be with the students and, um, you know, we've had some great volunteers, um, that their kids actually are in the youth group. And so you have these volunteers that their students are in the youth group and their parents are involved. And so what happens is you have other students calling these parents, mom and dad that, you know, that like, you know, they're not in the blood, they're not like biological, but like, they're definitely in the mindset. They're going to become mom and dad to all these people. And that's what's cool to see that is, is cool. to see people that bring in the kids into their home and love them and, and nurture them and be there for them. And it, uh, you know, but I can't imagine, I only can't imagine, you know, it's gotta be hard being a parent in this generation, especially yeah. like you got a lot of people that are single moms yeah. that have, uh, you know, they have a teenage boy and, you know, and it, I can only imagine what that's like and how hard that is. And so what we do is we really try to let these parents know that are single parents, like, Hey, we are here to help you. Mm-hmm. Like we're not here to, to do anything against you we're here to aid you to help you because we want to see success in your teen's life for sure hey i'm going to move over here i'm going to get you more in the camera i don't think you're much on you're just like half your face in facebook live all right are you in there good i, I want to make sure you're in there good, i'm in there so good. people I can think, see you i think we're good i love what you're saying man because it's it, i was curious about this like i was curious like do you have like have you ever had a parent like converted over like who 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 thought what you were doing was crazy and they don't know why your kid's going there they find out how great it's going for their kid and then they themselves are like oh wow this is <laughs> oh, this dude. is amazing and it kind of flip-flopped them yeah bro we've had stories where like um students have actually lied about where they were going and uh and about like they said they were going to their friend's house going here going there and i'm not sure why they're lying to their parents um but they end up at refuge and they're there with us and all of a sudden like during service you'll like i'll see a parent storm in ready to like just unleash like just madness everywhere really and then they like sit down in the back row and then they like they they follow the service. They end up sitting they're ready through to the run on the stage and like yeah, tackle somebody. Like, yeah, they're like they're they're ready to like RKO me right off the stage, you know. And I'm just like, wait, what is going on? Why is Seth but, Rollins up there? Yeah, like why is he preaching? And so um, <laughs> what we end up doing is we end up um, we end up showing them what we're doing, and once they actually see that with their eyes, they're like, okay, this is a good place for my kid to be. And, and things like that. And so we have these students that are able to come and, uh, and they come and we've actually had parents that started attending ch- the local churches in our area because of the students. Um, we've had parents become volunteers because of the students. And so it definitely is an eye opener to a lot of parents because they're, you know, the, the fact that they don't really care where their kids are going, like, yeah, just go anywhere. And then when the parents show up and see what they're doing, they're like, wow, I didn't know that it was like this. Yeah. And uh, what's been really cool is uh, this year we got to hire on um, a guy named Ryan Alden. And uh, Ryan has been such a great asset to our uh, our organization. And Ryan, um, he's the one that started. Like he started a, a fishing club and he's working on other clubs that some of these leaders are going to run. And he's getting involved with the parents and letting them know, like, 
like, hey, we're going to teach your kids how to fish and we're going to teach your kids hiking and biking and doing all these things. And so we're able to actually, you know, let these families know like, hey, we're going to take care of your kids for a few hours on a Monday during the summertime. And uh, this is what we're going to do. And, um, and, the parents and are like, oh, the parents God, are like, yeah, right. great. That's well, <laughs> and like, to be honest, there are parents out there, like there, there are some parents that um, never taught their kids how to fish, yeah. never, never took their kids hiking or biking. And so yeah. we get to experience some things with these kids that is just so awesome to be able to be a part of. And I'm really thankful that the environment and that the city of Altoona and Tyrone and Bellwood and Hollidaysburg and just central PA, I, I'm just so excited that they trust us with their generation and they trust us with these kids and that the parents trust us saying, Hey, like, you know, over the years, your reputation for refuge has built and it's been very healthy. It's very, been very successful with what you're doing. And so we trust you with these students. And that has something where, um, I couldn't, I couldn't be more happy for that. Well, you you also seem to be a very good spokesperson for the whole thing because I can't imagine somebody, you know, a, a parent in some sort of protest coming and meeting you or meeting anybody else on your crew and not being like, oh, I, I see. Yeah. This isn't weird. Yeah. It's not shady. Yeah. My kids aren't in harm's way. They're not in a cult. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you, if you don't see it and you don't know, and, you know, I talk about, we talked about this, about you getting, and you already, you guys already do video. You guys already have stuff on Facebook. The more you, the more video you put out there, the more you get your personality online, then it becomes so much easier. So parents like, oh, they went to the Refuge Youth Network. What that, What is that thing? Yeah. And they yeah. get online, they, maybe they find the, the uh, Facebook page and yeah. they start watching the videos and they think, oh. This seems all right, and then they meet you in person. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I'm, I was completely mistaken by this because I can only imagine it. it it's probably easier, as, as hard as it, as it is to get through to a kid sometimes, a teenager sometimes. It's even more hard to get through to an adult because oh, yeah. they're set. Oh yeah, I mean, like, yep. like I'm, I'm, I'm not totally set, but there's certain things that yes. I'm set on, and my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm good at changing my opinion if I see something that alters my views yeah uh but there's certain things that are cemented in your brain and especially if you grew up in a household that maybe they were religious but they yeah. were not good people yeah because that happens a um, lot right you uh, yeah, kind of use you use the the religion you use church as like this reason as to why you can cleanse your sins for doing the bad things yeah, you're yeah. doing yeah and there's been a and as, as you know there's been a lot of things done in the name of god in the name of jesus that are just not godly yeah and they're not even christian like and for a lot of people that leaves a very bad taste in their yeah. mouth like it, so they're automatically they hear anything about religion yeah and they're automatically done. They're, yeah. they're skeptical immediately. And, and we've had we've dealt with those people, and we've had those people that say like, "Hey, because you're part of this church or that church, like we don't want anything to do with you because you're part of a church." But once they we're, we're telling them like, "Oh, hey, we take them to camp. We take them to this. We do that. You know, we take them to Kennywood. We take them to Curve Games. We take them to all these different things." Yeah, but you're well, preaching them all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but once but once they see like, "Hey, we're doing more than just meeting a spiritual need. Mm -hmm. We're also teaching a, a generation to have fun again, and we're teaching them how to have fun that's safe mm -hmm. and that's secure." And once they see that they're like okay well i might not support you in what you're doing on the religious aspect but i'm definitely supporting you on what you're doing ethically yeah because you're doing the right thing and we'll take what we can get you know what i'm saying like it's if, if you're going to support us like we'll take it absolutely and then maybe through that you see oh i see why it works out so yeah. well i see why they are the way that yep. they are because of the faith that they have if, and you guys are non-denominational yep which we, means that you do not subscribe to 
you're, you're not Catholic, you're not Lutheran, you're yeah. not Protestant. It's just across yeah. the board, whatever you yeah. we, uh, feel like. As of right now, you know, we, we meet in two Assembly of God churches where I'm considered a youth pastor. And then we also meet in a non-denominational church in Tyrone on Sunday nights where I'm considered a youth pastor there. But um, we have so much positive support from all denominations in the area where churches are like, man, like you you guys are really doing this thing. And so they support us and they meet with us. And I just had, we just had a meeting last week with a, with a pastor of a different denomination and, and this and that. And so the, you know, and then the Catholic churches in the area are like, Hey, well, what is it that you're doing? How is this happening? And so what I think is happening is I think that we are crossing all of these barriers and denominational barriers. And we're, we're able to do this in a way that is, um, just shining the light of God in a generation, and people see the results of it. It's results, yeah. right? I mean, and who cares how it's done if you're getting the results? You're exactly. Getting results. Exactly. And I think what we're talking about, kind of, kind of to backtrack to the mindsets. Um, there are so many people that have been in church for so long, where you know you live and die by your denom- denomination. Yeah. Like it's it's this denomination and this it. Yeah. And I think there's a generation that's coming out that's saying like, no, like it's about God, it's about Jesus. Uh, whichever, however, or whatever way we can get to that, we're going to get to it. And uh, and I really, that's been my approach is that it's about the kingdom of God. It's not about this church or that church. It's about us being united for one thing. And that's what's so awesome. Um, You know, that Pastor Wayne Schaefer from New Life, Pastor Jim Balzano from uh, Transformation Church, um, Pastor Keith Deal from uh, Community Worship Center, these three pastors... um, you know, when I presented this vision and this thing that I wanted to do, they looked at it and said, yeah, let's do this. They had li- they lay aside their pride. They lay aside their ego because a lot of pastors could be like, no, this is my church and I don't want to share or mix or do anything with any other churches. But these three men said, you know, there's something about this because all three men are about unity. Yeah. And so for them to be able to give this young guy a, a, a chance to say, hey, this is what we want to do and this is where we're going and this is the dream, for me to lay out this dream to them and for them to be like, yes, this is a good thing. Let's do this. And then for other churches in the area to start catching on to this um, and other organizations like Dave Taylor from The Door, who is an amazing, uh, he's been working with students longer than I've probably been alive. He's been working with teenagers and he, and he knows this. And he said, hey, let's partner together. And so we've been working with The Door. We've been working with Jim Kilmartin from Joshua House um, down there. And so we've been, we, we have this unity and I believe that more and more people are going to catch on to this mm-hmm. because I think unity is what's going to bring about the greatest change. Let me ask you this, I, I, and I kind of equate religion to politics. I'll bring them together. The two things you shouldn't talk about, I'm going to bring them up in one <laughs> so sentence. You're breaking the cardinal rule right now. So. Because, well, as, Especially as a radio DJ. You yeah. never bring up radio, or you never bring up religion, you never bring up politics. Yeah. But it seems to me that, and, and I'm going to get your opinion, because I'm on the outside, you're on the inside. Yeah. It seems to me, on the outside, looking at it, that the walls are starting to break down. And the political parties, people that I know that are my age, they're starting to become less Republican and Democrat. They're more of like an independent. Like I, yeah. I, I feel like I, I agree with things on both sides. Like yeah. a lot of it all ties together. Yeah. Do you see that in religion? Do you see the walls breaking down a little bit to where yeah. non- non-denominational is eventually going to be the norm because we're all in it for the same thing. Well, you know, I, it's all the same yeah. goal we're going for. We're I believe all... it, I believe we're either heading non-denominational or interdenominational where, oh, okay. where and, and meaning that we're all going to work together anyways. Like right. we're going to I'm going to still be in, in the Baptist church or in the Methodist church or Presbyterian or Catholic or assemblies whatever it might be. I'm still going to be in this church but I'm going to work with you and I'm not going to stop what you're doing because it's not what I would want to be doing. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to happen. I I Does don't that know happen 
happen now? Do people like is that is that how it works? Because I don't know how all that works. Yeah. Like, like certain sides well, kind of rival against each other. Well, and, and, it, and yeah, there's certain doctrinal beliefs when it gets down to it, like a doctrinal thing that we can get caught up on that can say, hey, just because you don't believe this doctrinally, I'm not having anything to do with you. Yeah. Like how is that Jesus? Like exactly, how is that God? Yeah. You know. But again, the, the you know the church has been um, it's been its its own greatest asset, but it's mm-hmm. also been its own greatest enemy. Um, because of the, the human input. Because of the human input <laughs> and because of what has happened. And so I, I think that what more you're going to see is, yeah, you will see a, a lot of non-denominational, but I think more interdenominational where you have a young generation who's going to be involved with whatever denomination they're part of, but they're going to say, we're working together, period. And this is yeah. what's going to happen. And we're not going to allow denominational limitations to keep us here because we all want the same thing. We all want to see a generation rise up for God to change the world. And if that's what, you know, because that's what we're about, period. And we'll work with whoever and whatever organization, whatever churches that can get behind that. Um, we're going to get behind them, too. And we're going to do this together. Yeah. And that's that's the mission. Like that is, that, that, that's the it, mission. When you bring it all together, that's like what all of these different groups have been trying to do this whole time, bring everybody together. But you're going to listen to what we, the way we do it. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. so when you just kind of let that all, like, yeah, you do your thing, I do my thing, that's fine. However you want to present yourself or however you want to believe. But as yeah. long as we're all on the same path, then why can't we get along and work together? Absolutely. And, and I think that's what, you know, that's what matters because it is, it, the world is only going to change again by unity. And, uh, you know, and it's us uniting together. I mean, it's even like, and it's even uniting with um, organizations and just people in general, like you and I, how we met and having the same passion, having the same drive to say, okay, we just want to see um, students' lives made better, whichever way that is. Like, let's do this. To, let's do this. And, you know, and saying, okay, like, we're going to do this together. Like, we're, it's like having all of these teammates. And you think of like any type of sport, you have all of these athletes that play a sport and they're all different sizes. They all are, you know, have different skills, but we all have one mission and yeah. that's to, to to play the game well and to do this well and to win it's the same thing with all of us we all need to be united we all bring different skill sets to the table but what we need to do is we need to win this generation and that's what we're going to do by any means necessary teamwork make the dream work that's dog. it you know dude. What I'm that's, that's it, how it gets. <laughs> yeah you know and and what it, the one thing that's great though man is this students are um they bring something different every day yeah. And so there's such an excitement and joy. Like there's just so, there's so many great memories of fun that we've had over the years. And I know that are coming too. And, uh, you know, and you get to do so many great things with students. And one of the things that we kind of talked about is how, you know, with Refuge, we do something big every month. Like every month we do something around Halloween time. We have a costume party, Christmas time. We have, uh, you know, we do a big Christmas thing and Thanksgiving. We have a huge Thanksgiving Refuge family dinner where we all have a big Thanksgiving dinner as a family together. And so it's, uh, it's being able to do all of that great stuff and have fun with them. And, you know, and I, I get, I get this just excitement and joy to be able just to have fun. And, uh, you know, and it's good to just cultivate this with students. And when students can see that you can have fun, they, they let that insecurity down a little bit and say, okay, I can have fun with this too. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of the, one of the great things that we do is like, we did an all nighter where we stayed up all night. Um, part of the night we went to the YMCA and, you know, and you have all this like group of guys who think they're like, you know, all these, like they're hot shot guys. They think they're the studs and everything like that. Well, then at like four o'clock in the morning, they're on like, they're laying on the floor drooling on themselves because they're asleep. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and uh, I sit there, take pictures of them and I show it to them later. Like, oh, why'd you do that? And it's just, it's, it's fun memories of like going to camp. And a few years ago, we took 155 kids to Myrtle Beach. Oh, wow. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Was that was probably the best... 
greatest idea I've ever had. The trip was horrendous. I, I never want to do that in two school or in school buses again. But once we got there, we got to see students that have never been to the beach before get to hang out. I'm here with all these huge like football player looking guys, you know, jumping in the water, having fun, just enjoying it. And so working with students is one of the most, it's one of the most joyful experiences that anyone could ever have um, because there's so much uh, adventure, fun, joy that can come out of it. And the positive does outweigh the negative. There is going to be hard times. I'm not going to lie. And there has been hard times. There's so many greater things that have happened that are, are just life-giving than things that are not. Yeah. They're not tainted by life yet. Yeah, all, all, no. all of those layers haven't been put on throughout no. the years, you know? Yeah. Like with a, with a, with a 50-year-old, you got to peel off some layers to get to what's really up. And, you know, I have a three-year-old. It's amazing. With having a, a little kid, because you start to relive things that aren't that you haven't enjoyed in a long time. Just the simplest, goofiest things are fun, like riding down a slide or like yeah. just going to a park. Because they, they, they they're, they're just their whole life is about what is enjoyable. Yeah, you know what are they gonna have fun with? What what is what is that thing that is gonna put a smile on their face? And my son, like he loves playing with shoes. Yeah, like, oh yeah, <laughs> that makes yeah. him super happy. And it's like. Not in a million years would I ever imagine myself, uh, you know, having fun at a playground. I never would like going with a group of students to Myrtle Beach and diving in the ocean. I mean, of course, that's fun, but I imagine the fun that they brought to it. Oh yeah, like the the jubilance that like oh, came dude, out of them was absolutely. just unreal. Yeah, and I think the one thing that that I have learned over the last several years, you know, working with students for seven years, six years here, I have learned just as much from them than they probably have learned from me. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have been the best thing that has ever happened to me. Um, and and uh, my wife and I, who, you know, we just, we, we totally enjoy being around them. They make us laugh all the time. And they just, they're just such an enjoyment. And, um, you know, my wife has done these events with these girls where she's able to just love them and care for them. And they they did like a spectacular night where she had all these girls come in and they all dressed up real nice. And got they had hairdressers come in locally and do their hair for free and had massages and were able to just to have like a night with the girls. And, uh, and when Bethany was able to do that with them, there was just such a joy in her her mm -hmm. to, to, to do that. And I look back at pictures of that stuff and I see, you know, the, the, the photos and I see all that stuff. And I look back at that and I'm thinking, man, there is just big smiles on the face of the volunteers and leaders and the ladies that come and cut hair. than there are the students, mm -hmm. like they're having just as much fun doing these things just like the students are. And it's, it's just awesome. It's yeah, awesome to it, see. It comes like full circle. Like full that. circle. Absolutely. Is there a certain time you got to be out of here? Are you good no, on time? No, okay. I got time, man. Because I have a few other questions. I just, yeah. I, I was wondering, you know, talking about all this, do you have like a vision for the future? Like what's, what's the, the 10 year vision? Like, where do you see yourself? Where do you see this whole thing going in, in 20 years? Where are you going to be? I at? don't know if we have that much time. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, curious. It's no, like what, your, what yeah. your picture is, because obviously this is great locally. It's been going on almost seven years now and you've been doing amazing things, but you know, what could be? What do you imagine? Yeah, well, I definitely see within the next few years, um, we want to have an actual youth center that is established in our community here that provides um, after-school programs and uh, not just your typical after-school programs, but a variety of them. So dealing with like, okay, sports, having a, an, an athletic department of this program where kids that might not make the team at school, we have something special for them. Um, having the academic part of it where we can have students 
students and uh, that can come and study, that can get tutored, that can we can be there and like help them with their homework and we can help prepare reports with them and we can just be be part of that. And then we also have that aspect of what we want to do. But um, and also just to have like the gym, the dodgeball nights, this, that, all that what's, great what's stuff. What's my phone saying? Storage uh, almost full. Storage oh, no. almost full. Oh no! All right. Oh no. <laughs> Should I hit that? Should I hit that I real put, quick? Yeah, push the button. I push don't know what it's going to Sorry for the interruption, ladies and gentlemen. I got to put my glasses on so I can see it. So we might get shut down on Facebook here eventually. I don't know <laughs> when that'll happen. But yeah. Uh, just stay but, with uh, us. So seeing these programs developed within the community um, in that and, and seeing a youth center that's fully established that is able to provide basically anything a student would need, yeah. we would be able to help them with that. Um, and just be an aid to the families in our community and be an aid to the organizations in our community and being like, hey, listen, you know, if the schools are having issues, they can call us and we'll, we can help in any way necessary, whether it's truancy, bullying, um, whether it's, you know, students struggling with insecurities, whatever it might be, we want to be able to aid them. And so I just have this vision of having a youth center here in Altoona and uh, maybe beyond that, maybe having refuge location youth centers all over central PA and if it goes beyond that, then awesome. But, you know, I know in the next 10 years, we do want to see program more programs developed that aid the community, that help the community. We want to be able to see um, more uh, things for students where they can come and just have fun and be a part of. And we want Refuge to have a home where they can be based out of and we can have a location from. And uh, and then on uh, the spiritual side of it, we want to be able to aid churches. Like, let's say you have some churches that can't afford a youth pastor. Well, let us be your youth ministry. Uh, send your kids to us on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Let us aid you in that. Um you know, or they might have, um, you know, they might be able to help financially. Maybe they won't be able to help financially, whatever it might be. We we just want to help them mm -hmm. and we want to be there for them or have, you know, there's youth ministries in the area that say, hey, we're going to partner with you. And over the next few years, we're going to do these events and those events and, and just make, you know, the vision for Refuge is that we will become a hub in central Pennsylvania where students know that they can go and they can be safe and they can have anything that they need. And we're going to help do whatever we need to do for their lives. And I think that's the biggest thing is being in that age and being able to help them and being able to be there for them. And so that is um, that is something that I really believe um, that can happen in the next 10 years. And I dream big, dude. So I could see this not just in Pennsylvania, but kind of all over the place. And That's um, what I was thinking. Well, no, and I, and I believe that. And I believe the, the right resources will come, the right people will come, the right people will get on board. And um, to be able just to teach these kids so many different things that they might not have the opportunity to. Um, and I believe sky's the limit when it comes to this type of stuff because yeah. um, I don't really see myself doing anything different in the next 10, maybe even 15, 20 years. Um, I just love working with students and I believe that there is a vision behind what we're doing that the right people catch on to it, then we can just keep going. And we have amazing people in our community that um, don't even know what we're doing yet. And so bringing awareness to them and saying, hey, this is the future. I'm sure there's going to be people behind that are going to back that up. Mm -hmm. um, but it's going to be awesome to see where we end up in the next 10 years. I really look forward to seeing that and seeing where the students are at in the next 10 years. And, uh, you know, we've had this uh, kind of cycle within our within refuge where after they graduate they want to come back and help us and they mm -hmm. want to be volunteers and they want to be leaders and so some of these students I, I might be stuck with for longer than just the you know four or five six years they might be with us forever and if that's the case that's awesome because my job is to raise up those leaders to be better leaders than what I have to be a better leader than me yeah. And um, and that's really what the primary focus is. And so it's going to be exciting to see. I, I I just have a dream of just this really big youth center that is going to happen. Um, and it's just when and where and how. Yeah, I see. Like Because you, you keep like working with these kids and they grow up, they graduate, they leave maybe the area, and they start their own thing. Maybe they carry on the name. 
to a different city, a different state, and then with the internet, just bringing it all together and all that connectivity. I see like it, it growing yeah. in different parts of the state, in different parts of the East Coast, moving to the you know the middle of America, the, the West Coast, because I'm sure there's already organizations set up just like this yeah. in almost every part of the country. There's got to be some sort of variation. Yeah. And just to bring those all together into like one cohesive unit of like a networked thing uh, seems kind of uh it's like an eventuality like it's eventually like it makes all sense come together it yeah. just makes it sense it seems like it would happen yeah. yeah um so i i really commend what you're doing what you guys are doing is amazing and i from my stance on the whole thing and us getting linked up like i just want to help out in any way that i can as yeah. far as getting the word out there and just helping in the way that i know that i would be able to help yeah and you know i i hate to use the word self-help because that's kind of like a very corny cliche thing to say but but what you do is it's like i mean anything that anybody in a church does who's talking to people it's like a, it's a self-help kind of thing whether it's a religious thing on the forefront whether it's outwardly um you know religious whether it's outwardly non-denominational or, or catholic or whatever that might be in in the religious aspect it's 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 self-help it's trying to teach you within yourself to, to be a better person mm-hmm. through god and to, to spread that so absolutely I, on my end I want to be able to just, just to get in there and be able to sit down, talk to a kid, have them sit in front of a camera or get in front of a microphone and get comfortable being them. Because once you can be comfortable, once you once you can be comfortable being you in front of a camera or being in, in front of a microphone, then you can be comfortable in front of anybody that you talk to. It just Absolutely. becomes a much easier yeah. thing. And the reason for me personally that I do this is because. I when I was a kid when I was like you know in eighth grade which a lot of your kids are probably around that age yep. that are in uh, in the network I was the most introverted shy like I I was never the person to go out and, and speak my mind I was never the person to uh, like even to come to that event to come yeah. to like to, to like a youth group event like I would be very apprehensive to go and then once I got there I'd be the kid like in the corner like yeah. not really talking to anybody <laughs> that was me so I want to be able to flip that to where now I have I've I've figured myself out to a certain extent and I can see a kid who was just like me because I see it all the time I see kids who are just like me and I'm like man I know what that's like it sucks because yeah. you you have all of this inside of you but you don't know how to get it out of yeah, you Yeah and that's and that's a big thing is that there is something inside of them and what we have to realize is they do have something to offer us they do have something. They have because yeah. they have input input in what's going on because they're living it every day. Yeah. So they there is something that they can be teaching all of us um, about what is going on and, and how to do this in the right outlets. And I think that's a good thing. And that's you know and that's why I I you know I love that we got connected because there is now we can just sit down and brainstorm and say hey what is it that we need to do to make the lives of students better in any format whether it's you know like we talked about YouTube videos just being able to share your passion, your emotion, what's going on, be able to share how your day was, doing vlogging, doing all that different things, doing podcasts, all that stuff is going to benefit them and help them so much. It's And you were saying about Dave Taylor a few minutes ago, and I just yeah. wanted to touch on him for a minute because we, t- we were talking when I, when I first met him, and he told me what he's planning on doing, which is something he's been planning on doing for years, and I was blown away by the, the simplicity of the idea plus yeah. just the impact it's going to have, where he has... Um, is it like a, is that a halfway house? What is he? What well, is he what, it, what, home? what is it's going to be almost like a transitional home transitional, for okay. for boys that are entering from being a teenager into adulthood. And 
you know, Dave is, Dave, I say this all the time, Dave is one of the most blessed men I've ever met in my life. And he's just got, God just loves Dave. Yeah. I mean, he loves everybody, but God really loves Dave a lot. And Dave has just given his life to students. And so Dave uh, had this dream of wanting to start what's called the Lionheart Program. Yeah. And being able to teach, you know, to teach simple things to boys that might not learn, like how to balance a checkbook, mm -hmm. how to change your oil, how to do this, how to do that. And so he's developed this amazing program that uh, that is really going to change the lives of young men, and they're going to be able to be better because of Dave Taylor. And I really believe that. And I think what he's got going is great. And it's almost like, um, like you said, it's very a simple thing. It's a very simple thing and what it is. And, and he's willing to do that and be able to teach them and be a part of that. And so I think that's absolutely awesome. And uh, we're behind him 100% anyway that he we can help him. And he knows that. Are we allowed to talk a little bit about the specifics of it? Does, would he care? Because the stuff he was telling me was really interesting yeah i don't know you might want to have him on for a podcast have him explain. yeah, okay, yeah maybe I, shouldn't, uh, yeah. I loved it it was just like this is genius like yeah. it's, it's such a simple idea yes. but it's, it's the things that maybe your parents didn't teach you the school didn't teach yep. you that they should have yeah that I, I don't know where i don't know how else you would get everything that he was everything that he was telling me in like one package i don't yeah. know how else you would get well what he's and, and i don't think about. i don't even think i would do it justice sharing it to you, yeah. I think that he coming from the heart of him and the passion of him, um, and I would not want to do him an injustice in sharing what it is because this is his heart, man. And so uh, it's going to be awesome. And Dave and his wife, Gila, and, and all their kids, they have just been very close to my wife and I. And uh, my relationship and friendship with Dave has has definitely been something that I've been blessed to have. Um, Dave ha helps me a lot in understanding things, and uh, he has really been a big influence in my life, and I'm thankful for him. What else do you have as far as like things you want to mention today? Because I, I mean, I, I think I've run pretty much through everything that I wanted yeah. to talk to you about. And we've covered a lot. And I, I love the message that's going out. But if people you want to shout out, anything you want to mention, um, what do you what do you got? Well, I just you know I just I'm, I'm very thankful that you you know offered for you know me to be on this and to be a part of this and to be able to share what you know what is going on in our vision and we are looking for people to unite with. We are looking for people that can get behind us, whether it's whether it's by word of mouth or whether it is financially. Um, you know we are a nonprofit now and so we are looking for funds and we're looking to do our first banquet um hopefully this year for refuge in the area, um and we're looking to start some amazing programs that uh, we just need the right people to get behind us. And so I know that you have people that listen and people that watch. And if, you know, if you're watching or you're listening, whatever it might be, we would love for you to connect with us. And uh, our website is www.refugeyouthnetwork.org. And then you can find us on Facebook at Refuge Youth Network. And if you're on and, my uh, Facebook, yeah. the, the link, I tagged the link right there. So you could just go right to yeah. it in the, in the title. Yeah. I mean, and if anyone out there wants to write that $10 million check, like I'll gladly take that. I, I will not <laughs> say no to that. Um, if you want to write that out and help us out a little bit. But uh, now let me ask you this yeah, real quick, because that's, that's another Another part of the the issue I think people have with churches is like yeah. where does the money go? Yeah, is it the, sometimes you see like the dude who's run who, who's the the preacher driving like a Cadillac or something, and you're yeah. like, where does where's this money going? Yep. Can you, as far as I don't want to talk about anybody else, any other organization, <laughs> but as far as yours, like where yeah. does the money go? How do you guys use it? Yeah, and I've seen how you use it with the facility you've built. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, well, in 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 the way that the church operates, the you know the 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 offering and the money that comes in are for like you know you look at any other organization, there's needs. There's needs that need to be met of keeping up the church, keeping up the building, air conditioning, heating, electric bill. There's all of that type of stuff. Um, then there is always a salary that is set by a church board over whoever the staff would be there and, uh, and that type of things. But uh, the one thing that a lot of people don't see 
that goes on in churches is that a lot of these churches, what they're doing is they're supporting missionaries, they're supporting organizations, they're supporting a lot of this. I mean, you turn on the TV and you see guys like, oh, give me a, you know, if you, we'll pray for you and we'll give you this if you give me a thousand dollars, this and that. And so yeah. there's been a lot of messed up stuff that have yeah. happened financially within churches and just like that. But but what people don't see is all of the money that the churches are giving um, to people in need and mm-hmm. the people that they're helping and whether it's helping pay for hospital bills or rent or, you know, whatever it might be for um, a person that has a financial need that can't meet that, um, they don't see that. And so I commend the churches, especially the churches I work with. They do an amazing job of helping in the community. And between the three churches, millions of dollars have been poured back into the community to wow. make the community better. And I'm not exaggerating with that. I mean, you have you know you have churches that have established like we they, the the. Pleasant Valley Assembly, which is now Transformation Church, they established a, a church building um, called Hope Community in a part of Altoona that is a really rough neighborhood. But they renovated this whole church and they offer like a, a, a food pantry where people can come in and get food. They can get fed. They can get haircuts. They can get. They have um, a daycare that runs there. They have a playground there. And so you have things like that that people forget. Like this is where your money is going. And I, I work for, like I said, three churches that are, have high integrity, high standards, um, and they 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 give, give, give. And I think the reason why they are blessed with what they have is because they are churches that give back into the community. And, uh, you know, just for like, you know, any organization like me, I'm paid by, um, you know, I have a set salary by the, by the board. And that's how a lot of pastors are set. They have a board over them of, of, of people that are in the church and in the community that attend their church and they set that salary. And so um, I always get, you know, I always feel bad because I feel like the church gets a bad rap when it comes to finances. Yeah. Because, because people, you don't know where the money's going. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's, I totally understand it. And I've wondered it myself many oh, yeah. of times. Like, where is, like, yeah. you give money for the offering, but where is the money going? Yeah. And you just don't know. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, so that's a very And good I also question. wonder how you make a living. Like, yeah. it's also, like, I know they, everybody who works there, like, you're, that is your job. That so is you, my job. You're not yep. just doing it from the service yeah. of God and well, he's paying you. You know, like, there's a lot not, of people that, like, is that a real job? Like, is it, like I have people, I well, that's what I have people yeah. say, like, what's your real job? And I'm like, what do you mean, what's my real job? Like, you know, working with teens is not a real job. Like, are you kidding me? But a lot of people, um, you but know, it's usually they, not, right? You know, it's usually yeah. a volunteer well, yeah, job. Yeah, and you know, I'm blessed enough to to have churches back me in the vision that I, I wanted to do. And yeah. like when Pastor Wayne um, and his wife and his church said, "Hey, we're going to take a shot on this Micah." Marshall kid, and we're gonna we're gonna see what he has to do, and 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 he gave me that shot, and I honor him for that. That he was able to do that for me, and said like I believe in this vision, yeah. and we'll financially help him do this, and we're gonna give to him so that he can do this the best that he can. And so, but uh, yeah, there's always uh, it's the church world is a whole different world, and uh, there's a lot of questions that people have, and a lot of skepticisms, and a lot of um, issues people sometimes have with that. And uh, and like I said, the church has hurt itself at times, and the church hasn't been you know what it should have been at times, but that's always the failure of whether it's the leadership of, of man or or a group of people. But um, the long and short of it, I work for great churches. And I work for three churches that are amazing, that are changing things in the community, that are doing wonderful things, um, from children's ministry to you know youth ministry things to um, helping with whatever it might need. And so um, I, can, I can speak from the three churches I'm involved with and other churches in the area that the churches you'll find in Central PA are doing a great job. And, and, and I commend them and I respect the pastors from all the churches of what they're doing. If I could give one suggestion, I think yeah. you guys would be on the on the forefront of this with, with the youth movement you have and all the technology you have. And I mean, you guys have videos on Facebook. You're doing a lot. And, and I had made a suggestion before, like, you know, you 
in front of just a backdrop talking to the camera. Yeah. Like, that would be something big. But something else that would be big that no church does, because this question comes up a lot. Where does the money go? Yeah. Why not do videos? Like, this is where this money went. This yeah. is, We just donated to this person. Have the person. And, and, and somebody might see, see this as, like, bragging, but obviously it's not bragging. Yeah. It, it's like social proof. It's, it's, a, it's a way of, of grassroots showing that we're actually making a difference to, to eliminate that stigma to yeah. make sure that stigma oh, yeah. does not stick around so yeah. you show like this i'm we we gave this much money to this we gave yeah. that much money to that we're helping with this organization we help these people because then they're you can't contest anything yeah well and i think you what see, a lot of people do rob is i think a lot of people um are skeptics from a distance um if they were if they really like if they came down to any of the churches and were like okay where does the money go well, we'll show you where the money goes. Like we have a list of missionaries that we send money to. Um, we can take you throughout the, you know, the area and show you like, hey, this is where the financial, like here's the finances. Like here, we paid this person's bill or we paid for this for that person or we held this or we held that. Um, and so I think any of the churches that we work with would be willing to do that and willing to say like, hey, this is where it's all going and this is where it's all is. On the other side, um, there's this mindset that churches are filthy rich. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's not it, man. I mean, if they were filthy rich, there'd be a lot more going on. Like churches, um, I never thought uh, you that. Know, that was yeah. never something I thought. I always <laughs> well, just assumed people it was... are like, oh, you must, you know, you, you know, this church must have a lot of money for this, for that. And, you know, we, like any other organization, like any other business, because part of the church culture, there is a business aspect of it. There has to be. Um, it would not succeed if there wasn't. And so on the business aspect, there's a lot of things that, the, that financially have to be done in order, you know, like you have to keep the air on, you have to keep the heat on, you have to keep the water running, you have to keep this and that. So there's a lot of different things that happen. And so naturally when there's more people that go to one church than another, there's usually more money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with any church, if everyone that went to a church gave what they were supposed to give, all the churches would be doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, but we are just, the churches in our area, um, they do a successful job in what they do and uh, with their money and how they do things. And I, I can just say publicly, like any of the, you could stop by any of the churches and kind of talk to the pastors and they'll let you know what's going on and what's happening and, and all that thing, all that stuff that, you know, where the money goes and all of that. And I mean, you saw the building that we were in, um, you know, that costs money too. And I so, you know, the, you guys got yeah. in there, like it's, it's yeah. state of the art. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things, but yeah, there, there's always a, uh, there's always a mindset when it comes to finances with the church that can get uh, pretty sticky because of what has happened over the years, but um, like I said, I can only speak from the churches that I'm involved with that they uh, they do things the right way. And that's anything, really. It's a, yeah. it's a shame that some people have to ruin it for everyone, yeah. but then you need some other people to come in and, and, and try to flip-flop that and try to turn that back around to yeah. a, a, a positive aspect, because the world we live in, if depending on which way you look at it, yeah. I guess, some people are completely on the positive end of it, some people are on the very nihilistic end yeah. of it, and... Uh, I mean, as I think, anytime you take the time to really dive into something and to investigate it, you you get more of the truth, and it's not as shady as it seems to be. Oh, I yeah. mean, some of them would yeah. be. Well, I yeah, guess, and right? I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm sure that there are some churches out there that are, but um, I think it's always an appearance of you know people can be skeptics from afar. Um, and when they get up close, they're just kind of like, oh, wow, like this isn't what I thought it was. Like, oh, this is what you're doing? Like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Um, yeah. You know, like Pastor John Gray, who's at Hope Community, man, he, he you know, he's got um, this house where these guys that are coming out of jail, it's like a, a, a transitional home for these men that are coming out of jail um, that he helps take care of them and he helps find them jobs and he helps rebuild their lives. And he does a great job um, with that. And he's part of what's called 
the Nehemiah Project, which is an amazing work that is going on in the downtown Altoona area, where they're trying to do so many great things. And so I think a lot of people, if they got up close and really wanted to see, they could see, um, and uh, they could kind of investigate for themselves what's really going on. Yeah. And in, in, I think an entirety of that. I think that's a really important point, and uh, I, I think I cut you off while you were saying your your last bits there. Oh, no, that's all right. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. But that's... if people want to contact you, anything else you yeah. want to say, go ahead and say it and get it out there yeah. so people can... Yeah, I would just, you, you know, I would just ask that, you know, people follow us online and, you know, we're on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you just look up Refuge Youth Network and we're on all of those. Um, our leaders are on all of those. And uh, I think what's really cool about our website is you can actually go on and we have little brief bios about all of our leaders. And it's not like um, they're fun bios. It kind of just tells you about the heart of who they are and what they're into and what they like. Um, you know, if you were to click on my bio, it talks about like I'm a sci-fi guy, I like Doctor Who. I like, you know, I like wrestling. I like this, I like that. And so um, there is an aspect on that but i think the most important thing about that website is that there are actually stories from the students that are on there that are little testimonies of what refuge has meant to local students and uh, we're going to continually uh, make those and continue to get them done as pastor Troy from uh transformation church helps us with those um we're going to continually get those on so that people can see that there this isn't just something that we're making up mm-hmm. um you know for those that are listening be like oh yeah this is too good to be true like no this is happening um and it, and it is happening you can go on and you can look and you can investigate and watch videos, see pictures. Um, our, you know, YouTube channels, Refuge Youth Network. We put our, our, you know, my messages from each week are on there, as well as like our videos from camp and from retreats and from fun things that we do. You can always go on and uh, just see what we have done over the years and how um, we have been blessed to be what we're to be what we are and to continue doing what we're doing. That's refugeyouthnetwork.com? Dot org. Yeah, refugeyouthnetwork.org. Dot org. Yeah, and you can go on there and you can check it all out and see what we're we're all about. And uh, we're going to continually add things on there. And uh, there's also all the, like, we have a packed summer, man. So if there's students that are watching or listening and you're looking for something to do, we have things all summer that we're doing. And so we uh, we really gear it up in the summer and we just go, go, go. Um, from trips to Kennywood, to the Curve Game, to camp, uh, to Prospect Pool. Uh, we do a Chick-fil-A brain freezers night where we do a big thing we take them to chick-fil-a we take them to brain freezer so we just have a lot of fun stuff going on that we want people to be involved with and, and be aware of very cool thank yeah, you man. very much micah and if you guys ever want to uh, find me obviously you're already listening to the podcast so <laughs> you probably already do know how to find me but uh, i have a, a phone number you can call leave a voicemail if there's anything you want to say it's something about this podcast something you just want to get out there some information you want to say something ridiculous you want to compliment me or you want to tear me down which has happened on a few of them which are kind of <laughs> I think they're troll I got a few trolls yeah I think, well, and I think we all have my, haters I think they're my friends actually yeah, they, they, yeah. me. or family one of the two it's like. pretty <laughs> hilarious though I kind of encourage it because I, I always enjoy yeah. trolls they, it cracks me up uh, yeah. so <laughs> actually I just oh god I don't want to get off on a tangent but I just met a troll the other day yeah. at uh, we were at Lowe's and he's like hey man I used to troll you all the time on Twitter. And he yeah. told me some of the tweets he would send me. And I was like, I loved the stuff you would send yeah. me. It was hilarious. Yeah. Because I always retweet people. Oh, unless, yeah. You got Unless to. they're saying something vulgar or ridiculous. Yeah. I just I leave that alone. But for the most part, I always entertain yeah. it because well, it's You have fun. to, man. You yeah. absolutely have to. So find me. That phone number is 814-799-0064. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Rob Z Radio, Twitter, and Snapchat is Rob Z Yo. And if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, please please leave a rating because it just helps bring awareness to the podcast, helps build it up on iTunes. So if you leave a rating of three, four, five stars, if you leave below three stars, I don't know what you're listening to it for. Just don't leave the rating, <laughs> right? I mean, what's the Let, point? Let's keep all the stars as many as we can, right? Let's let's keep them up there. And all my zebras out there, thanks for listening. Micah, thanks, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, buddy.
<laughs> That's brutal.